What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Uglies Podcast with the Trenches Under the Spotlight. First and foremost, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kind of a meh game overall, but nonetheless, just unbelievable that they just shut out Patty Mahomes and that entire offense. Um, and that's something we're going to get into. So today's episode, we are obviously going to recap the Super Bowl, talk about our thoughts to just the overall game, the commercials, halftime, the refs being terrible. Um, you know, we're going to run down the whole entire list. It's the last game of the year, so we got to do what we got to do. And then we're going to move into the Brady effect. And I don't know if anyone listening has ever heard about this. And I saw it a few days ago after he won. And it's not just wherever he goes, he wins football. But literally since he's been like a little kid from the Bay Area to Michigan to Boston, now to Tampa, literally wherever he goes, the sports teams win. Like I'm, I'm talking baseball, hockey, bass. It's crazy. It's literally craziness. Like I, I don't know what to say about Tom Brady's luck or what he brings, but it's pretty wild. And we're gonna finally talk about the NFL awards. T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald. Did T.J. Watt get snubbed? We're gonna give our insight and input <laughs> on that. And last but not least, breaking news today, kind of. And I'm gonna say breaking because this is pretty big news in the Lion world. Orlando Brown Jr. wanting out of Baltimore. Pretty huge news. And is this the new kind of wave of NFL players where you know, have a great team and great setup, but like you can make a lot more money going elsewhere and losing? So I, I kind of want to dive into that because I think it's, it's, it's an interesting whole new generation with how much money now is involved that can you blame a guy for wanting to leave a team for $5 million more dollars a year? Um, so without further ado... I'm going to hand over Stan just to give your overall thoughts of the game itself. I mean, the game itself, it was not exactly what I think everyone expected, you know, not only in the result, but just the overall sort of flow of the game and how the game just became like, it it was stunning to watch the chiefs not score a touchdown. Like what that, that was not in, in my stratosphere of like what I believed could happen in that game. I, I could have seen the Bucks <laughs> winning, but, but 31 to nine, that just, I could not have imagined the Chiefs scoring less than, you know, 20 points even. So wild game in that respect. Yeah. And um, it, I mean, I think even I on saw- top of that, you know, there was a lot of sort of wild calls in the first half that that really took a, a big storyline uh in the game um but also just i mean the bucks dominance on defense and offensively they were able to do some things too but really it was just a a weird game it was not what i was expecting out of those two teams i saw a stat i don't know if you saw it but after the game it was, it was the first time since like middle school that pat mahomes played in a game and didn't yeah. score a single touchdown <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that's that crazy. That's, i mean it's it's crazy but yeah, man, I, it, that was – I don't know. Were you – I mean, you had to be as, as as shocked as I was. I mean, I think everyone was expecting the Chiefs to at least do something against this team, especially when in the in the regular season, Tyreek dropped 200 on them in one quarter. Like, you, you would have thought that they could take some of that from – I don't know. It just didn't – it was not what I was expecting for them to be so, so uh, you know, shut down on offensively. Yeah, I'll say this, and I sent a – I sent a – a message to Sam pregame. That I thought the chiefs were going to blow him out. Um, couldn't be further from the truth, but like I still was never even worried until later in the second quarter where they really, 
didn't have anything going offensively. There's like Kelsey and Hill had multiple drops on on big plays that did not help at all. They and, they lost the game. They they're the ones who lost the game. Well, I I was gonna say them and the Chiefs offensive line, like the three starters being down, it it, it really stood out you know, and dramatically. Like Mike Remmers might have been a, like he might as well have been a traffic count. Like they were literally just running around him. And that that Mahomes, I don't know the stat. What was the stat off? Do you, do you remember that stat of him running? How many yards he ran in that game? Like four eight hundred just from like yeah. scrambling because he yeah it was four hundred ninety seven yards. <laughs> so like we uh, and when we previewed this last week, I didn't think it was. I honestly like didn't think it was going to be that much of like a struggle, but man, they got blown away on on, on up front, and that just you could tell once the game got going that Mahomes was definitely all flustered by it. Like he was looking to scramble right away or just dipping out of the pocket and like checking down really quick. Like he, it was just a whole, it, the pass rush just completely changed the whole entire game plan of the chiefs. And I think, you know, some of the guys not making plays mixed in with that, just a recipe for disaster for them. And you got to give credit to Todd Bowles for, you know, putting together that game plan. It was pretty masterful. Yeah, I mean, you look at the way that the playoffs kind of ended up for uh, the Bucks. They got pretty lucky with facing the Packers when they're injured, uh, you know, on the offensive line. David Bakhtiari, probably the best left tackle for my money in the game. He's out against their strength, their D-line, and, and that really showed in the Packers game. Same exact thing for the Chiefs. Chiefs were even um, more, like, way more injured. They, they are missing their left tackle. Number one overall pick, Eric Fisher, Pro Bowl, like great player. Right tackle, Mitchell Swartz, he's been out, I think, all year. But he's, yeah, he's probably the best He's probably the best right tackle in the game, maybe other than Werfs, honestly, but we, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, I mean, it, it really ended up just being a perfect storm for the Bucs and the fact that their strength, their front seven, their, you know, their, their pass rushers, they went against – you know, mangled O lines that they they just didn't have the guys. So, um, you know, it, it, but credit to Todd Balls and credit to those players for making it happen. I mean, it it really showed because they were clearly the, you know, the reason that the uh, Bucks were able to win this game. Yeah, and and to win a Super Bowl and just any championship, you kind of need like certain matchups and luck to go your way. Whether it's turnovers or guys being injured or banged up, where your strengths are. So you can't fault him for that at all, you know. So I, I definitely give him full credit. I want to see. I, I want to hear your opinion on the refereeing, the first half, because I I thought it was pretty bad. A lot of ticky tacky calls, and it was just they weren't letting him play per se. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not only that; it's a lot of them were on like high leverage plays, like third downs. Um, the, you know, there was one when there was an interception that was a very uh, very terrible bad, like bad call holding like whatever it was it, that was a pretty rough call and then the the throw to tyrant like tyrant matthew standing there and i think was it chris godwin or mike evans they i think it was mike evans ran straight into him and tom brady threw it into the second row and, and like there was no way <laughs> that was being caught like then they called pass interference it was it was just some of these calls were like where is this coming from and it felt like it you know because i had a gripe with a, a gripe with the officiating in the NFC championship game. And I'm like, how is Tom Brady getting these calls? Like every time it feels like, and I know, like, 
I'm not saying that like it, we'll get into the time Brady talk, but like the refs aren't the reason the Bucks won this game. But there's a lot to be said about the momentum sh- uh, swings that happened in the first half due to <laughs> in in you know two to three respects due to officiating. Yeah, and, and my biggest thing is I just hate when the referees get too involved in a big game. Like I agree that it's not the reason they lost the game by any means, but it is, it's not even, I don't think anyone's even being biased about it. Like during the game on Twitter, multiple people who were just like professional analysts and sports writers, whatever they were, they were all saying like the refs, like this isn't about you. This game's about the teams, you know? Yeah, so seriously, it's not like anything against the chief, uh, not the chiefs against the box or, or Brady or whatever. Like, I just hate when refs get too involved. And in I thought some of those calls, man, playoff football, ticky tacky on the yeah. outside. I just didn't, Jesus. I just, I didn't like it. It rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, you think of, imagine, imagine if it had been, you know, the 2010 Steelers or some like Ravens, like those two defenses. Imagine how many penalties there would have been. Yeah. Oh my God. They were playing that. <laughs> he would have got thrown out for like what they did back then. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, it's, it's, you know, those are the plays that there are some of those officiating plays that really do make a big difference in the swing of how that first half was going. But I, I forgot to mention about Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, their, their drops, a couple of their drops, especially Kelsey's after the chiefs had just stopped the bucks at the one yard line, they got off the goal line and third and 14, I think it is. And Mahomes escapes yeah, right out off of the his pocket. Hands. Crazy, crazy. Uh, pass right to his hands, dropped it, and that, at that point they were they were only down seven, I believe, and they were driving like they they had a chance to score before half, and then then I believe it's after that play there was the the um, shank punt, I think shank punt. You forget about that the shank punt. Yeah, like all these things just added up, and and by the time they you know looked at the scoreboard, it was it was a four possession game, three possession game, and. There's not much you can – I mean, when you're going into the second half down three possessions, there's not a whole lot you can do. No. And then my – how about uh, – I want to talk about the honey badger oh, getting yeah. getting in Brady's face. And I saw Brady kind of went up to him first. I don't know who – Brady went him. after him. Yeah, but like, so it was kind of hilarious that he got the penalty. But what is he thinking? Like you could like, that's like going to Jordan and being like getting in Jordan's face. Like, are you out of your mind? That's that never worked. When has that ever worked against Tom Brady? Where you're gonna? I go mean, you're definitely you're definitely gonna be the one getting the penalty if if you're going up against Tom Brady. But I like it. I screw Tom Brady. I like that. I just thought it was a bad play. Was, you gotta you gotta keep your cool. Like that's just gonna motivate him. And and that, like I don't know if it was that serious or when, but like Antonio Brown just smoked and went right at him. He was like, "We're yeah. gonna throw right at you, one on one." And it was just—I thought that was hilarious. Just seeing the seeing Honey Badger, who just just doesn't give an f about anyone, going at the the freaking king. Um, I thought that was pretty hilarious. But overall, Bucks O line dominated, and Jensen and Werfs, two my guys. Fuck, I love them. They kicked ass. The difference in pressures was like astronomical. Like Brady yeah. literally barely got touched, and and I think you have to give a lot of credit to their O line and specifically Werfs. 
I think they took like two, there were at least three tackles ahead of him. I think taken three or four, just yeah. a steal. Like he's, he's like, he's going to be, an, he's going to be an all pro for like 10 years. Yeah, no, it, it, you look at some of the stats that um, PFF and whatnot, they, they throw out there. I think it was like, he played every snap this year, you know, 788 pass rushing uh, attempts or whatever. And um, I think he gave up one sack the entire year as a rookie. Uh, it's pretty incredible. So Worfs is a guy that's, he's going to be, he's going to be on that O-line. He's not leaving Tampa Bay. He'll be a stalwart on that O-line for, you know, 12 years to come. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see guys that are able to make that transition so quickly. And so uh, almost seemingly easy. And before we move into another subject, I want to give a shout out to Ali Marpet, D3 legend from Hobart College. Oh, yeah. Beautiful pull on that Leonard Fournette playoff Lenny or Super Bowl Lenny now, he calls himself. A touchdown run, he had a beautiful pull. And you got to always, you know, shout out the D3 guys being a D3 guy. So just from top to bottom, big fan of the Bucks at line just in general. And before we get into Tom Brady and his legacy and everything, the Mahomes defenders, they're out and about. And <laughs> it's crazy. Like, and, I, and I'm not even saying this loss is on him, but the people defending him, like it's been like three days. And I go on Twitter and there's still like articles being written, people in Twitter fights about like who's to blame for the loss and whatnot. And, it's just crazy to me. And I understand that like his line was awful and his receivers dropped a lot of passes, but like, like in my opinion, like give it a rest, you know, like it's, it's the game's over. He's getting surgery on his foot. He had a terrible line. We know that just move on. Like, I don't understand why people have to respond to clearly the people trying to take shots, you know, it's just, it's kind of getting, it's getting annoying to see. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's, I've never seen so much defense for some kind of guy. He's like, he lost the Super Bowl. You know, it happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely agree. But I will say, some of these plays you do, you, I mean, you do have to think like he did, he he got really almost no help in this game from his O-line. His O-line was just down there. They, they didn't have their starters and there was a ton of drops. So, I mean, I understand why people are defending him. But yeah, at some point you do have to, although, although I don't believe in the whole, QB wins, QB losses being a thing. Like he's not the reason that team lost. So in that respect, I I guess I understand the defense. But yeah, at some point it does get a little bit out of control. Yeah, but so that, that my next question then for you, do you think this impacts his legacy, like currently or long term? Say he wins like a lot more Super Bowls, it, and maybe he doesn't even maybe he doesn't tie Tom Brady or whatever. But maybe, say he just gets near him, and his stats are just way better because he just throws a lot better. Do you think this? Do you I, think Brady having this win over him is going to just keep Brady? Is Brady officially sealing himself off from everybody? I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird because I feel like Tom Brady. I don't know at this, and we're again going to get into it. But Tom Brady at this point is like, he's gotten to the point where it's like, if you don't think he's the goat, like you really at this point are just like, <laughs> why? How how can you even? You're in denial. Him? Which yeah. I still am. I'm I'm going to put my hand up. I still am in that that boat, and I realize it's crazy. It makes no sense, but I I'm still in that boat. But yeah, I mean, 
in in that with that case, given that Mahomes has now lost to Brady, and he's never beat Brady in the in a in a Super Bowl. Maybe if he beats him next year, then he can have a chance. But without beating the current goat, I don't know if you can un you know uncrown the goat after they've already beaten you. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I so I, I agree. I think I think this is gonna this is gonna forever impact him, unless he wins like nine rings. Yeah, he would need happen. to. He would he would need to win nine or like like a, a crazy amount because unless he's able to beat Brady again and like get revenge and then go on to win seven Super Bowls, there's no. I don't think he can. Yeah, I I think that's the asterisk for now. I mean. What are Dude. the odds? Of, what are the odds of rematch? But like, I guess that, that's what that's what needs to happen. He needs to beat him in a playoff game. Dude, it really soon. is crazy. Like, I again, like I said, I I don't think Tom Brady is the goat. But when you look at like, I was looking today just randomly. I looked at you know two thousand um, uh, two thousand to present like uh, win and loss totals for every team, and and it was like Patriots were number one, Steelers were number two, Packers were number three, and then. And then it goes to like Super Bowls and uh, appearances and wins and whatnot. There was only, there was three teams that had maybe four teams that since 2000, 2000 has been to the Super Bowl twice. Um, and the Patriots have been there six or seven. No, sorry. How many times have the Patriots been? Nine. Yeah, because he because yeah. he he lost a few. Like he's he goes every freaking year. <laughs> yeah, so so the Patriots had nine. The next closest team had two, and then like only a couple teams had won two Super Bowls. And Tom Brady now in twenty years has won seven. It's it's insane. It really is just incredible how many. Like, <laughs> he has more Super Bowls than any other franchise. He has more Super Bowl appearance, yeah. appearances, I think, than any other franchise. Like it makes. No fucking sense. It's insane. <laughs> and it like when you break down the numbers, see, that's my thing. Like statistically and like just ability wise, I don't think he's the best ever either. But like his stats of just winning is like laughable. It like cracks me up. Like I saw a stat it's that insane. he he has a better chance throughout his NFL career. He he had I know, has a better chance this. of going to the Super Bowl, which is crazy hard to do. Then Steph Curry hitting a damn three pointer, and Steph Curry never misses. <laughs> so that is just that is to me was like a mind boggling stat. It, I no, I saw crazy. I saw one that was like he has a better chance of going to the Super Bowl than he does like of throwing an incompletion on any given pass. Like yeah, that's just like because he goes to the Super Bowl over fifty percent of the, like almost fifty percent of the time he fucking plays. It's it's, it's just disgusting. I don't know how I don't know how it happens, but it was funny. I saw a guy Snapchatting in the locker room after the game. They're celebrating, and like they were like all the guys were still fully dressed, like in their pads, celebrating. And Tom Brady is in the back, packing like, up, showered, <laughs> fully dressed. Oh, and they were like, he's used to this. It's just like he's like a robot <laughs> right now. He just he just all he cares about is winning. It's like it's just like a it's like a joke to him now. He's like, I'm just gonna win as many as I can. I always, I always like to watch his reaction to a Super Bowl versus like all the other like first time players. Even though like he still yeah. gets like super hyped up, but I also am like in my head like, dude, aren't you kind of like over this at this point? Like you've only, you've only almost done it so many times. Doesn't he get old hat kind of? 
Yeah, today the parade today was wild. He was just yeah. tuned up walking out. They was they were tossing the Lombardi across the freaking. I want to get into that. Like, Tom Brady was that's faking. wild. Tom Brady was faking that shit. He was not drunk. If you saw him getting off the boat, he was standing up like like with his daughter, like walking his daughter, and then like that other that video that everyone sees where he's hanging on to the dude. That's like four minutes later. Like there's, that's not, he was lying. He's making that up. And then his fuck and his stupid tweet, like where he's po- purposely misspelling yeah, yeah. or whoever sent it for him. He's purposely <laughs> misspelling everything to make it look like he's drunk. Like get out of here. You're making, you're like, you're making this up. I know he can drink a beer. Like I saw him do that, like beer chug competition on some talk show, but I don't care. He was faking that shit. <laughs> you see, uh, you think, you think he's TB 12 is the kind of guy like it just pretends to be drunk at the parties and he's just, yes, but he's yes. so good. You can't even call him out. You're like, yeah, he's amazing. So yeah, <laughs> no one says anything to him. Yeah. But like, I also think that he's, t- he literally is such a strict diet. He could have like two beers and be like trashed. I bet. Yeah. You're, you're, you are right about that, that you sent that tweet on the Twitter account saying like first drink since July. So I imagine if I didn't I bet it was. For like a year or like eight months, whatever, that I'd probably have a lower tolerance. Something I want to get into real quick because this also kind of fired me up in like, not in like negative way, but seeing all the Boston fans being like super supportive, almost like, <laughs> almost like sending stuff out as if like this helps them sleep at night. Like we're rooting yeah. for Tom. It's like, that sucks. Gronk and Tom. I'd be pissed. Had two touchdowns. I'd be so mad. They're just they're just liars. <laughs> you had another like one it's, in it's you, and you just annoying. left. Yeah, not only that, but just they let him walk away too. Like what what happened there with New England? I don't understand how their cap situation got so bad where they couldn't help help him out and bring some guys in. You know, like what what went on there? I mean, granted, you know, he went to the Bucks who had like the had the best weapons. Like there wasn't a team that had a better wide receiver core. They had they had you know, Gronk and Cameron Brate's a great tight end. And then they ended up picking up two like very solid running backs. So like they, they gave him everything like, and I don't know if the Patriots could have done that with their current personnel and then like their cap situation. So like the bucks had that ability, but yeah, I don't know. He just got put in a perfect situation and I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about him anymore. How about, and I this I think this was a true report. I think a, a major account said he wanted to go to the Niners, and the Niners said no. Really, like, I did that? not hear that. Yeah, it, it was. I want. I want to say it was like that's uh, crazy. Maybe Tom Pelis, Tom Pelissero or somebody. Like it was. A, it was a verified account, and he said, "Dude, <laughs> he wanted to go to he wanted to go to San Fran because that's where he's from, the Bay." And they said they like they were like, "No, sorry." Like you, I'm sure they're like shit. <laughs> Dude, if I if if Tom Brady had gone to San Francisco, I would have been so fucking scared. I would have thought the Packers would have had no chance against that team. Well, I mean, you'd be scared now. I'm not scared of the Bucks yeah, next mean, year. This, this, this is, is a fluke. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you think the Bucks are gonna repeat or what? Like, is he ever gonna stop losing? Because I didn't ever stop losing. He's ever gonna stop winning. Because going into this year, I was like, the Bucks have no chance of winning. You know, like. I don't care how many good players they had. It's just like, that never works out, you know, like creating a super team. A lot of it is injury luck, really. You know, they were a pretty healthy team come towards the end of the season. You know, 
a lot of teams get unlucky and have a lot of injuries. And, and that is a big thing in football that people don't realize, like there is year to year injuries that change the entire, the entire league. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it all it takes is, is two alignment to get injured, a couple DBs, you know, uh, you lose a, a, a couple linebackers. It doesn't take much to really like cr- for your team to crumble from the inside out. And yeah, plus you got a I, plus you got a forty four year old quarterback. <laughs> you can't. I I just like I can't use the argument of Brady's getting old anymore. I've been <laughs> I've been doing it since he was like thirty eight. <laughs> but I want to get into. I don't know if you have ever seen this. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty widely known by now. But the Brady effect of where wherever he is, everybody wins. So he grew up in the Bay, and his childhood was when Joe Montana was there. So they just won tons of Super Bowls. And also the Oakland A's won a World Series when he was there. <laughs> so after San Fran, he goes to Michigan. And the Detroit Red, that's when the Red Wings were crazy good. And they won like four Stanley Cups. And then after Michigan, he goes to Boston. And I mean, Bruins won, Celtics won, the Patriots Red won. Red Sox. And now Red Sox, that's when the Red Sox broke their curse. And now Tampa Bay Lightning, they finally won a cup after being like they've always been a good team and they just never could do it in the playoffs. They finally win. And now the Bucs win. Like, it's just honestly, it's crazy how that works. Like, it is literally, there's a chart of this that shows where he's been in the years he's been and the teams that win. It's like wild. He needs to move to Pittsburgh. It's wild. I, I, I don't know. I, again, I've said it. I think he's the luckiest athlete of all time, but you know, it, it, some, there's something to be said. Maybe there's some magical aura around this man. I, at this point, I really don't have an answer. I, I, I can't really make any, I, I can't put my finger on it. It doesn't make sense. Just between himself winning and all, all these other things winning is literally, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, how can we how can we exploit this? Can he can he invest in a certain penny stock? Can he can he, maybe he, <laughs> he goes in Dogecoin? Yeah, I was gonna you know? say he needs to get into Dogecoin. He needs to be a big uh, influencer for Dogecoin. Big, Do- big Dogecoin backer. It just hits a hundred bucks. And everyone's just rich as hell. Exactly. <laughs> perfect. Then he yeah, can make back the money that I lost this week this last last weekend. It's just it's unbelievable, and, and like you were saying it's gone to the point where you have to just respect it. Cause it's so remarkable. And it's just, it's and, and besides like the earlier years that you brought up, like him leaving his girlfriend for Giselle, like he's been, he's been pretty great <laughs> off the field. So like, it's hard to, it's hard to dislike the guy other than he just wins. It's just annoying. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. That's I, I really, I've kind of decided that I'm going to accept him as the goat but I will still deep down die thinking that Aaron Rodgers is the goat. <laughs> but you're just, yeah. You're, you're not, but publicly, publicly I'll say, yep, he's the goat. Yeah. Like, but you're just not happy about it. You know, I'm you're not just, happy about it. At it, all. it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. And before we go into the NFL awards quickly thoughts on the commercials and halftime. Cause I hated both. I thought was, I thought a couple of the commercials were pretty good. I liked the uh, Michael B. Jordan Amazon commercial. I thought that one's pretty funny. Uh, I thought that was a solid one. 
Um, I didn't like all the like old thing, like the old like shows coming. Like I didn't like the uh, Wayne's World thing with Cardi B. I thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, also, any commercial that tries to be like sentimental and like give a message to America or the like, shut the fuck up. Like, Such a I don't wasted wanna, opportunity. I don't want to hear it from you, Jeep. Like, <laughs> I don't like. I don't need to hear. A sentiment, just try to make me laugh, please. That's literally that is my biggest thing. I because I tweeted this out and was like, these commercials stink. And someone was like, you didn't like like the Bruce Springsteen one, like talking about unity. I'm like, are you shitting me, man? Like, that's the you worst think after one. this, you think after this year and a half, I want to hear Bruce Springsteen tell me to be all right and everything, like come together, like get the hell out of here, dude. I totally agree. If you get a Super Bowl slot, you have to go to the funny route. Like you'll be not only will you be trending on like all the social media. But like more people are going to remember like the funny commercials versus like some sentimental thing about Corona that everyone has heard a hundred times, you know? I got to um, say Doritos used to be one of the goats of the Super Bowl commercials. They've kind of lo- lost their, uh, their touch. I think that, that Matthew <laughs> McConaughey commercial didn't do it for me. The best, the best Doritos one ever. And I don't remember what Super Bowl it was. <laughs> the guy has the globe. And he like shakes it and he's like, I'm going to wish for Doritos. And he just turns and whips it into the machine. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good one. I also like the oh one where uh, they're, they're, it's like two guys at work talking about like the best part of the Doritos. And, and one of them says like, it's like licking the <laughs> dust off their finger. And the coworker like. <laughs> he talked about like the cheesy fingers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He's talking about like the best part of his, the cheesy fingers. And then he's like sitting there with his coworker and he just starts like sucking his finger. It's disgusting, but it's like the funniest. That's where just a while. The Doritos did it right back in the day. Yeah, those were, those were the best back in the day. Did you watch the halftime show at all? Cause I'm going to be honest. I did not. I did. I actually was kind of a fan of it. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought the like little fun house thing was at least like creative like, I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool because like without a crowd, it's not going to be, it's not going to be exciting. So you kind of have to make it like a, a Grammy or like Emmy show type performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I liked the weekend. I, I like a lot of the songs. I thought it was pretty cool with like all the dudes with the face. Like, I don't, I don't understand what it means or why, but I thought it looked cool. So yeah, I was a fan of it. Yeah. I, I usually I haven't watched the last halftime show I remember even watching was the Dancing Shark. I think that was freshman year of college. Um, and before and before that, like shark. she, yeah. I just I just never I've never been a big halftime person. I usually go like get food or do something else. Like I just it kind of bothers me. But I do like the weekend, and I mostly everyone said it was pretty good. There were some people like that weren't fans of it, but I mean. You can't blame the guy like you're saying. Like it's hard to get it's hard to get like a twenty thousand crowd fired up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that concludes the season. It's kind of kind of kind of sad. I'm I'm kind of surprised that the Bucks won. I'm not gonna lie. Like if you told me at the beginning of the year, who do you think is gonna win, win the Super Bowl? Bucks would have been like fifth or sixth on my list probably. So they would have been eighth or ninth on my yeah. list. Yeah. So it just shows you that like anybody can win any given year. Um, too ter- too early prediction for next year you want to give one stan um my prediction is that the packers will lose to the chiefs in the super bowl interesting so you think the chiefs are gonna go back to back to back 
I do. I, I mean, I don't really see anybody that's like that much of a of a risk to them other than the Bills. But I mean, I think we've seen. I don't know. It, it's it, anything can happen in one year. But if I had to put my money on one team, it would definitely be the Chiefs. So I I, I like to I I think the Packers will finally make it again with Rodgers, but he'll lose. I I like the Packers and the Bills. I think the Bills are gonna go over the hump or like a random if the ravens get a really good receiver somehow and watch shirts. out watch out for the uh uh 49ers i i think that they once they get their defensive players back and you know they're looking it seems like for a new quarterback if they can get one that they like better than what about um, what about the la rams rams i'm not really afraid of the rams even though i do think matt stafford's a Matty big staff, time Matty staff Matt, I do think Stafford's a big time upgrade uh, from Goff. Big time but, for sure. But I don't know. We'll we'll see it. Yeah, I guess Rams and uh, 49ers are pretty scary. On top of the fact that on top of the you know the Packers, the um, the Bucks, obviously the Seahawks. There's a lot of good teams, and and who knows where Dak's going to go? Actually, there's going to be a lot of different quarterbacks. That'll be interesting to see. I, who knows? Who knows? But. Right now, I'm going Packers and Chiefs. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna do this last, but since we're kind of talking about like all the free agency and like trades and draft, Orlando Brown Jr. wanting out of Baltimore that's like pretty big news. He's a really good player. He filled in at left tackle this season and played really well. So I'm assuming him and his agent were like they got together and probably like you can get left tackle money, which is I saw today on average left tackles get paid $5 million more per year than a right tackle. So you look, you expand it over five years. It's 25 million bucks. It's, it's a significant amount of money. Um, so one, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. It, the Ravens said they're going to need a pretty big haul, which makes sense. Um, but two, is this like the new era of the NFL with how much money is involved now that like, it's kind of like team is last and get your get your bag, count your chickens or whatever, as Marshall Lynch says. Is that is that what is is getting the most money you can? Should that always be the first priority? Yeah, it kind of seems like it is getting to that point. And I mean, honestly, I don't blame the players necessarily. The NFL has set it up in a way which it makes the players hard. It, it's hard for the players to get the money that they actually signed for. So I don't blame players that have leverage for using that leverage just because yeah. there's nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. No contract is ever guaranteed. Like that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty sleazy as it is. So I say like, go get, <laughs> go get your money, go get your bag when you can. But I mean, it sucks. I feel for Ravens fans. It like sucks. I would hate that if it happened to me, like to, uh, to the Packers, like that is, brutal like a guy that you assume is going to be your right tackle for the next you know yeah. 10 years like having orlando brown and having ronnie stanley like bookmarks exactly. for bookends for for 15 years 12 years and you know now a guy wants out so i i get it from orlando brown's uh, stance it's interesting i saw him feel i feel like i saw him on twitter use like his something his dad said as a reason for doing this I forget exactly what what it was, but it was something along the lines of like, like kind of like get getting the bag, like just go go get the bag. I forget what it was. I need to find that exactly. But it was interesting seeing him. You know, yeah, there's a quote from his dad. Yeah, I think 
I, I feel like everyone is probably going to be on the same page about this. I don't, I don't know how you could fault a guy for wanting that much more money. Like that's life changing money. That's generational wealth type of money. Um, so it's hard to fault a guy for that. And like, like you're saying, the guarantee stuff, he tears his ACL next year. All of a sudden, yeah. he loses all that. So you definitely can't knock a guy for it. Um, but like from a fan's perspective, I that sucks. It's awesome for the Steelers, but that sucks for the Ravens. Like, I know it just as a fan, you're already looking at the next year, and you're you're like putting the depth chart together in your head, and you're thinking like, oh, we're gonna be we're gonna move him back to right, and you know our left tackle is gonna be back, or all pro left tackle. Like we're gonna be sick for Lamar. And that just changes everything. So it changes the draft strategy. I mean, it's, it's a pretty big move. Um, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring it up today's podcast because um, trying to stay up to date with all the big guy moves around the league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they're able to move him. And if, if they don't move him, will he hold out or something? I don't know. It's it's We'll see what happens yeah. there, I guess. That's the thing is the hold out just does not work. So I know that's my tough. my guess. My guess is unless they got an absolute bag for him, like unless they got a first and like a couple other high round picks, like a Larry Tunsil type trade, I honestly don't think that he's he's going anywhere because because the Ravens are gonna tr- are gonna trade him like he has left tackle uh, right worth because that's that's what he wants. So. Uh, he's gonna be getting left tackle type uh, offers, so it's gonna be at probably at least two firsts, and that's a lot for for a guy uh, a guy like that. That's a lot for one offensive lineman. That is that is a ton. Um, but last but not least, NFL awards. I want to touch on this quickly, and it's it's not really much of discussion because like, it, so this is how it's broken down for me. T.J. Watt back to back. Back to back, just unbelievable years. I think either year he could have got the award. It's unfortunate that it kind of shook out the way it did. But at the same time, it's hard to argue there about Aaron Donald because he's just a freak. And his numbers at the D tackle position are just absurd. Um, and plus he's a pick guy. And not only is he a pick guy, he's a four one two guy. So he's like born and raised Pittsburgh. So it's hard for me to be- I'm not mad about either or, but a lot of people, like, I think I threw out that poll the day after this happened saying, did TJ Watt get robbed? And the majority said yes. So, like, a lot of people were up in arms about this decision. Do you have any opinion on this, stand? Because you're kind of – you're removed from the situation of both guys. So, like, how do you view this? I mean, for me, it's like – yeah, I mean, it's same with last year and this year. It's like you can't fault Stefan Gilmore or Aaron Donald for getting those awards. They were deserving. Absolutely. But the fact that TJ Watt was like, was right there in both years and like not, I mean, arguably like it was, it seemed in my mind. And I think in most people's mind that no one really knew who was going to win. Like it was really kind of a coin toss. And so for TJ Watt to go through that twice, it kind of feels like he's getting snubbed. But again, like you said, at the same time, like, it's not like AD wasn't deserving. He's I mean, yeah. he's a he's a stud. He's a freak. <laughs> he he's in. I know a lot of my Yinzer fans. They were they were mad about this, but like you watch Aaron Donald play a game, like he literally disrupts an entire game, like at the D tackle position, every play. And he's clearly he's clearly even if like he's not the best player in the league because like you have to put like Mahomes and those guys up there, but like he's the best defense defensive guy in the league in my opinion, because he just changes the game from the D tag position. So 
it's tough to argue his 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 numbers of his career so far are like nuts like he's like an all pro every year multiple yeah it's it's one of those situations where it's like it's kind of unfortunate for not only tj watt but like the other guys in league like you're playing in an era with like one of the best to ever do it so it kind of stinks from your perspective but hey if it gets if it gets tj watt fired up and he's like, I took it. He 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 posted that MJ meme. I took it personal. I'm all for it. <laughs> we might get another. We might get another All Pro MVP year out of him. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it sucks for a guy like TJ because he. I don't know how he's he's getting overlooked. Again, I don't think he's getting overlooked. I guess, but he's he's just been an amazing player. Like since day one, he's he's been a stud and last two years he's been arguably i mean he's certainly a top three defensive player in the league um today i mean i think he'd be probably after ad he'd probably be the first guy i take maybe in the entire league so he's he's a pretty incredible player um and and pittsburgh's lucky lucky to have him i'll say that yeah i think i think everyone was fired up because he led he led the league in like every category basically like sacks tackles interceptions whatever um, but I guess the difference was that he's an edge rusher and Aaron Donald wasn't that far behind in those categories and he was a D tackle. So I think that's, that's how it works out. And plus it's Aaron Donald. Like it's like given LeBron James MVP awards, it's like, yeah, he's yeah. probably, he probably gets it. You know? So he's always going to get the benefit of the doubt. It is what it is, but I just wanted to cover that really quickly. And uh, that's all I have for today. Yep, and with that, we'll close out this episode of the Big Uglies podcast. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at WeAreBigGuys, as well as at our new Twitter account at the Big Uglies Pod. Also, don't forget to download and subscribe on this pod, to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, as well as pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts. And hit up our merch store on the We Are Big Guys account for all your big man apparel needs. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.